Well, welcome everyone to ADV Motive Live number 25. It's a fantastic uh, spring evening here in the Mid-Atlantic. We've got an awesome show for everyone tonight. You know, the ADV community really spans far and wide, goes around the world. And one of the best things I like about the adventure community is the fact that and there are so many people that partake in it. You know, in the past 10 years, especially, you know, we have seeing not only growth in overall riding, especially because of the COVID stuff, but women riders have nearly doubled to an estimated 20% of riders in the United States, which is awesome. Now, more than ever, ladies are building more presence across all genres of riding, and we are super happy to see this. So tonight, we're gonna meet three bikers who are determined to make a difference, both at home and far away. All right, our guests tonight come from different backgrounds and at different locations around the US as well, um, but that hasn't stopped them. They have found a common passion in motorcycles and inspiring all riders, currently working on continuing a series of motorcycle film festivals around the United States. Everyone, please welcome Michelle Shana and Liza from Rev Sisters. Hey. How are you guys doing? doing good doing awesome. good yeah how about you yeah, great awesome awesome you know it's uh not bad over here not bad over here springtime is here and so uh i mean at least where we're at and so you know you can see the fever is out there a lot of the, a lot of people are out riding dealerships are selling out of bikes we've got a lot of new bikes that were launched this year i think because of a lot of the a lot of the the funk from last year so, you know, things are just kind of exploding, you know, it's, it's, it's great. So can you guys tell me, uh, you know, or tell all of us, I'm sorry, you know, your names uh, and where you're at and what you do. Shana, sure. you want to start? Uh, sure, I'll start. I'm Shana Sanderson, co-owner and uh, co-founder of Rev Sisters. Uh, we currently put on film festivals throughout the year. I'm located in New Jersey, right across the river from Philly. And that's about it for the moment. Right on, right on, right on. And so what do you do with... Rev sisters. Uh, personally, whatever, whatever, whatever we need needs to, to do. Be done. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the three of us together. I primarily manage our um, website and um, our marketing content, or try to anyway. Yes. Well, in the digital age, that is a never-ending task that you could literally be doing twenty-four hours a day. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle Lamphere. I uh, live in Custer, South Dakota in the Black Hills. And um, I'm uh, not, I don't do as much as Shunna does with Rev Sisters. She's being shy. She does everything, but I do a little bit of the, the social media post and I support partnership relationships with our sponsors. And um, I am the CFO, which really just means I'm the bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has an important role to play though, right? Right. We get to yeah. make up our own titles, so it's more fun that way. That's that's awesome. And Liza? Hey there, Liza Miller here out in sunny Santa Cruz, California. I am the host and producer of the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast and YouTube channel, as well as uh, I operate the Recycle Garage here and so many other things. But Rev Sisters is just yet another thing I've added to my arsenal. And so glad to be working with these two women who are both underplaying themselves because the reality is... We take everything on, all three of us together. We are a great team, which is why we work together, because we can put out so much more than we could individually. 
Absolutely. What is, uh, if you don't mind my asking, what is Recycle Garage? It's a co-op garage space here in Santa Cruz where for free we help people fix their bikes and teach them how to do it. We also give away free gear that we take in donations from and uh, just mentor people and new riders in general. Oh, that's fantastic. Is it a fairly busy project? I mean, do you guys see, you know, a lot of activity on that year round? Yeah, well, it's one day a week. It's on Sundays, uh, and yes, it's hopping here every weekend. Oh, that's cool. It's great to have, uh, you know, something that builds community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's very important, and it seems like uh, all three of you kind of really appreciate that and, and specialize in it. All right, so what kind of riding uh, do you ladies do, and what bikes do you currently own or ride? Shannon, you want to kick it off? Sure. Um, mostly street riding presently. Uh, look forward to getting a little more acquainted with dirt this season. I'm currently riding a 2007 Triumph Street Triple, uh, and then I have a trusty 97 uh, Ninja 250 in the garage. But I also have three children, and we're getting them all out on the electric dirt bikes uh, before stepping up to gas. And then we like to keep Triumphs in the family, and my husband rides a Speed Triple. That's, that's, that's awesome. So how old are, are your kids, if you don't mind my asking? Sure. Trying, trying I have an age range. I have two um wow that's bad <laughs> i have a four-year-old and then <laughs> we have eight-year-old twins how old are your kids shana <laughs> four and eight well that's not too far from when i've got i've got two boys they're six and nine and uh we actually just went to an off-road training course from dc dirt camps just this past weekend and it was it was just it was just fantastic i mean if anyone has never been to a training whether you're you know young or an adult you know, it's amazing how much you can learn in one day under, you know, proper supervision. I mean, it's, it's definitely worth it. And you make friends out there, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's an awesome way to spend a weekend. There are worse ways to spend weekends. All right. That's awesome. And Michelle? Um, I have dual sports in my garage. So I've got a 2011 Kawasaki KLR 650 and I've got a couple of littler bikes, <laughs> my KLR killer. I have a 2014 Yamaha XT250 and 2004 XT225. Wow. So how do you ride all those at the same time? I mean, that's a lot of bikes. <laughs> that's what my dad says. You only have one butt. You should only have one bike. But I totally disagree as any respectable uh, motorcyclist would. Yeah. Like shoes. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I don't I don't coordinate them with my outfit, but it depends on where I'm going and what I'm doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you need boots. Sometimes right. you need dancing shoes. That's right. And they're not the same thing. That's right. That, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. So how much time do you actually, you know, spend out riding? I know that's a trick question because uh, almost all of us wish we could do it more. But Yeah, it, it, I don't get as much time riding as I'd like to, especially because I work in an industry. So I manage hotels in a really seasonal market. My, I have a little property in Custer, South Dakota, and I'm only open during the summer season. So in the winter, I like to go down to Baja, do a little riding southwest um, or west coast where it's warmer because I can't get in as much riding time here in the winter. But yeah, I still get some riding in. Do you ever go to Canada? I have actually several times. In fact, I traveled for two years full time on my KLR and rode from Canada all the way to Ushuaia. So I've, I've spent uh, two years riding. So I feel like the last five years since I got home from that, I'm trying to make up for it a little bit. <laughs> I try to hold down a responsible job and just not writing full-time. I write part-time now. Well, that's a fantastic journey. Did you put anything out about that? Uh, yeah, I 
I actually uh, blogged about it the whole way at SturgisChick.com, and then I wrote a memoir about it when I got back and a how-to guide for anybody else who wants to do that type of a trip. Oh, well, that's awesome. You know, we should talk about that a little later afterwards and, you know, see if there's something that we can't do with that to help get it out there and share oh, it. Oh, well, thank and, you. And you could help by saying the name of the book, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Drop, drop a plug. Oh, there we go. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Liza. I, I do need a marketing coach. Can you tell? No. Um, my memoir is available on Amazon.com. It's called The Butterfly Root. And uh, then the other guide is uh, Tips for Traveling Overland by Motorcycle. All right. All right. Nice. Nice. And Liza, your claim to fame? Oh, what are we talking about? Bikes or my claim to fame? Both. <laughs> Let's see how many uh, how many buses I jumped on my Schwinn back in 1976. No, um, that's that's a great starting point. Yeah, yeah, that's where it all starts, really. <laughs> that's right, that's um, right. <laughs> I know I have a let's see Honda Africa Twin DCT, uh, a KTM 990 SMT, KTM 690 Enduro, two KLR 650s because one is about to be sent up to Custer, so I'll have it there to ride with Michelle. Then I have a 79 XS 750 Street Tracker, a 75 KZ 400, and an 87 Honda um, Elite 250. Dang, that is that is an impressive list of bikes, especially that Elite 250. It well, yeah, I'm telling you, those are, those are cool. Hold those on. are cool. I when I got it, it had 850 miles on it. I got it from a museum, and now has 3,000 miles on it. Proper, proper. Scooters can do bad miles. I've got, I've got mad, mad love for scooters. I we yeah. did a test here of the Honda's ADV 150, and uh, man, it's way more fun than people give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And you can wear flip flops. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you can wear any shoes because you're not actually putting your feet on pegs and they're not shifting. You know what I mean? I don't even think scooters. There were some scooters. I think a while ago they had a they had a foot brake on the right. Mm -hmm. side or something like that i haven't seen any scooters with foot brakes recently i mean is that like i mean you think that's like a like a standards rule that was passed or, or or something or i think it just made more sense to put it all in the hands i think yeah it just depends i know on the older ones it has a foot brake but on some of the newer ones it doesn't you have right and left brake on the hands yeah 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 that's cool we got a question from uh, Marilyn moto he wants to know how many klrs are you are you up to now uh, how many did you mention <laughs> I've got two, but I'm sending one to Michelle's to live there. And here's a shameless plug, uh, listing it on Twisted Road. So if you're going to Custer, uh, South Dakota, and you'd like to rent the perfect bike to ride there, because there's mm -hmm. over 3,000 miles of dirt roads there, mm -hmm. the KLR650 is a perfect bike. You can find it on Twisted Road or reach out to Michelle Lamphere at her, ho at her hotel in Custer, the chalet. Right on. She'll hook you up. Right on. Hey, uh, here's kind of an off question, but I thought I'd ask yeah. uh, all of you. What do you guys think about the new KLR? I'm excited about it. I Why? want to ride one. Why? Why? Uh, it's just nice to see it come back. I mean, I, I'm a believer in its its price point and its entry level maybe more accessible for a wider variety of riders. I'm a KLR fan. Um, I've ridden only a Gen 2 but I'm anxious to try the new one out. Um, so yeah, I think the more competition, the better, the more options, yes. the better. Abs absolutely. Absolutely. 
Eliza, what do you think? Um, I'm not that interested in the new one. I, from what I understand, it's really just the fuel injection is the biggest upgrade, that it's still kind of the basic thing. And the thing I like about the KLR is you expect nothing and it gives you a little more than that. And you can fix it with a rock and a stick. And that's the thing. Whenever you ride that bike, you just have so much fun because it, it just gives you everything it can. That's yeah. it. And uh, so I don't really expect it to get better and better. I love it because of its just, it's just so basic. It's mm -hmm. just basic, but it will do it. Yeah. Hey, Shana, how about you? Do you have, do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, no, not many. It's not really a bike I'm overly familiar with. Oh, okay. Well, when it's time to get a dual sport, what were you thinking? I mean, like, are there any bikes that, that uh, interest you? Um, so I was going to ride around on uh, one of Michelle's ex keys for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's done that already. Made up my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. The XT250s are also super cool bikes. Both of the XT250 and the TW200s are just chock full of character and easy to ride. Well, all right. So how did you ladies and, you know, first initially meet? I mean, it's very clear you guys have, have a very close bond and you're very serious about your projects. But I mean, when did you guys eventually get together? Who's taking that one? Liza, that's that was me. You. Sure. You. Yeah. So, um, it's just, God, it's, it's been a few years now, but we were all kind of roped into this project, uh, founded by Haley Bell, who had the crazy idea to create a, uh, a relay around the world relay of women riders. And we were, uh, some of the, the small group of people who got sucked in and said, yeah, I'll help out. And then it kind of took over our lives because I don't think we realized how big of a task it was, but we did it. And, amazingly so we pulled this off with a small group of of admins but with a large group of women who showed up from was it 79 78 countries 79, 79 we wrote 79 through. countries yeah wow. and we in with just six months of planning and it took a year to go around the world which uh we ended in what, march of last year was our february yeah february final party right before the world shut down and we pulled this off and we worked so well together, which you, we had to accomplish what we did. We had to be able to sync well. And the three of us worked so well together. We're such a powerhouse. We wanted to continue working together. And that's how Rev Sisters was born. Well, right on. So on, on the WRWR, that's the world, what is it? The world Women, Rider women's relay. Women writers world relay. Women writers world relay. All right. You know, I mean, how did you guys, get involved in that at, you know, in terms of being from the U S but it was an international so, you know, kind, of, kind of organized event. Yeah. Haley Bell is a British female writer and she put a social media post out there one day and said, Hey, I'm at work. I'm daydreaming. Wish I could be out on the bike. Like so many of us can relate to. Um, and I just had this crazy idea at my desk today. What, what does everyone think about taking a baton and handing it from one woman writer to the next? Do you think it's possible that we could actually carry it around the world if we all pitched in? And within 24 hours, something like three or 400 people had responded to it. And I was, I was in the mix in that first 24 hours and dropped her a line and said, I'm in, count me in. I had just been home from traveling um, two years on the road and you know, had some experience with crossing international borders and route planning and things like that. So I told her if I could support her in any way, I would. And I think within that first week, we had a core team of maybe a dozen or two dozen people that were stepping up to be administrators. And that's where the the leadership team was really born from that that first message that she put out there. 
Wow, that's that's kind of amazing. And it's the only relay like uh, it's the only relay like that that's happened. Is that correct? That's correct. It's the only one of its kind in the world. Wow, that's 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 awesome. So that wrapped up uh, and it was successful. And then you guys continued to, and then you guys said, "Well, you know what? We should really work together, right?" So how did this how did this turn into um, you know the film festival? And what other ideas did you guys explore? So the film festival was kind of my idea as somebody who loves everything motorcycles. Um, I'm familiar with the film festivals that exist. Uh, I've also made a couple short films myself. So I'd entered them into the film festival circuit. And you know, there's one in Toronto. There's one in Portland. Um, there used to be one in New York. But there's not a lot. And I thought, you know, I think this is something that motorcyclists want more. We want more. And there's more and more movies from either people going around the world and filming it or from just short, short films, more people making them. And I wanted to be that bridge to get these to the motorcycle community because I knew that there was so much out there. And so uh, that was what I pitched and they picked up on that too. And it sounded like a fun idea and sounded like something that wasn't really being um, developed enough uh, especially in this country. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. I do know that there there are some motorcycle film festivals, but I think some of them tend to be kind of niche. You mm -hmm. know, like it's either adventure or it's general. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, like that. So, I mean, over the years, have you guys seen a growth in the submissions and what kind of submissions and what what kind of creators do you guys see really getting into it now? Um, so we've definitely seen a growth in submissions for sure, and really we get submissions that run the complete gamut. I mean, adventure riding is a huge niche, niche for our submissions, but we also have racing. We have, um, this year we're excited because we'll be opening up a novice category in our summer festival. Um, so we're going to try to attract some different films. Um, we really want everybody to be joining us. We've gotten some very like art nouveau motorcycle films. Um, so we really, it, all over the place, everything's coming in. So it's, we always get excited when our submissions are open to see what new stuff we'll be exposed to and, and all the work that filmmakers have put into everything. Yeah, sure. Liza? Yeah, I wanted to share um, one of the films that we are featuring that I really enjoyed is called Trailmaster. And it is, uh, follows a guy whose job it is, is to go out into, I think it was the Tillamook yeah, Mountains in up in Oregon. Oregon. To, to maintain the trails for the riding season and to see how much work it is. And it's not just him. It's been a family thing that I think his father and grandfather did also. And so there are these stories of kind of behind the scenes in the motorcycle world that tell you more about what's going on out there. And I just found that one to be fascinating. Oh, that's, that, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So be between all of the submissions, I mean, is there a place where most of them tend to come from? I mean, do you see a lot of them from... Uh, you know, from East Coast, West Coast, uh, LA, Chicago, New York, you know, Orlando. I mean, you know, are there are there hot spots for you know, motorcycle films? I think it's been a mix. So we've we've had submissions come in generally from six to ten countries, usually for each festival. Um, I think this upcoming event that starts um, soon, the Santa Cruz Motorcycle Film Festival. I think we've got 12 countries that uh, were mm -hmm. represented with submissions. Wow. So India, Spain, um, Pakistan, France, France we've yeah. had um, South America. We've, we've had just stuff from all over, Germany. which we love. Yeah. Some um, 
our foreign language films. So like we've got one from France, one from Spain that are subtitled. Um, we have some from Indonesia in the past that have actually had people that speak English in the film. So it's, it's really just a mix. Wow. That's, that's really amazing. Right. So it's like yeah. you create this opportunity for, 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 you know, folks just to kind of, you know, submit their, their works and then you get stuff in from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Well, motorcycling is global, and so are the stories that are out there. And that's what's so fascinating, and that's one of the things I wanted to share, because I'm the type of person who loves all things two wheels. I mean, just from the kind of bikes that I ride, I love it all, every single bit of it. So to see a movie on uh, trials riding and, and global adventure and, and custom motorcycle building, you know, that kind of stuff, I love it all. And it's so cool how much stuff is out there. and how many people aren't aware of where to find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's up to trials riding mm -hmm. is an amazing, amazing form of riding. I think now, you know, like, a, like on some of the social media, we see little clips of, of some of these amazing things that they do. But, you know, you don't really ever get a sense of how large the trials community is in the United States. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, they seem to be a fairly tightly knit, sort of like community you know they don't seem to be too interested in, in, in going out there being on a lot of you know pots and pans and you know I, I kind of have a respect for that because it's just like you know f they focus on their art and it is really an art yeah. you know i mean what some of the trials writers do if you ask me they're defying the laws of physics yeah and yeah. some some of them <laughs> don't even look like they're humanly possible right yeah it's, you know it's amazing it's amazing and then in the last past past year or two especially, you see a lot of trials riders doing tricks on adventure bikes, yeah. like mm -hmm. Tenere 700s, Africa Twin. Africa Twin! It's ridiculous! That's crazy, man. I mean, like, I would be dead. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, if I got my bike into any of those positions, it would be purely on accident, and I wouldn't be enjoying the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they want to end the video just before it really turns south for <laughs> yeah, me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just before the broken body part. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that's cool is that the films are reflecting, like I said, what's going on out there. We've got two films that involve um, customized bikes that are both electric because that is showing what is happening in the world right now. There's more happening with electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What like percentage of, of the films would, would you say that are going to be up, I think it's next week, are, are do you think, think feature, you know, e-motos? E uh, email, well, like I said, we've got two, the Charging Bullet out of United Kingdom, uh, Colt Wrangler. Uh, he's a custom bike builder. Um, in and, Texas. In Texas, yeah, he built a, a Zero. He modified it. So that'd be 10% 10, 10 of our films because yeah. we've got 21 that we're showcasing yeah. in this event. Yeah, so there's all different stories and, and uh, some, are, some are written scripted, some are just documentary style. They're all different. Well, that's that's awesome. Do you do you ever get like submissions from people that are just like, check out me doing my tricks, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you have to be like, that's really cool. <laughs> I haven't. You know we I mean? haven't like, had a lot of those not yet. No, not yet. We that's might good. do summer. I'm inviting those. Actually, we've as Shana said earlier, we've got a new event that we're uh, kind of trying to open up to, and that's during the Black Hills Moto Film Festival later this year in August. We're actually hoping we get newcomers to submit films. So we're expecting a lot of those. We would love to see that. I mean, we want to know what people are out there doing in the real world. 
That's that's cool. You know, I guess in in theory, what you could offer to do, and and of course it would be work, would be to say, you know what, submit your shorts. You know, yeah. sixty to yeah. ninety seconds of of you making a statement on a bike, or you doing something crazy and special on a bike, and then sew those together. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Into that's into whatever fantastic. I don't know, twenty or thirty minutes of kind of like a mosaic, right? Yeah. Of 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 writers that you know, I mean. It's, Let's be honest, sitting down and creating even the 10, 15 minute, you know what I mean, video that has a story to it is not, is not easy, right? And That's if you right. look at a lot of the social digital media, you know, it's really more tuned towards 15, 20, 30 second, yeah. you know, bits of whatever people dancing or whatever, whatever the latest right. thing is, you know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know if it would even make sense to assemble a patchwork like that and just kind of, you know, like solicit you know that i mean i can't even imagine all all the different kinds of things that would come in you know what well I mean? it's the stories we love the stories and everyone wants to hear these stories everyone's got a story right and you know shana who's the least experienced writer of us who's not done something as big as ride all the way down to ushuaia but to me is just as inspiring because she's a mother who rides and is getting her children to ride that's a story that's worth telling yes absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. And it's not easy. So, Shona, here, here's a question for you. Like, a lot of, I think, the anxiety that a mother or parents in general would have about, about getting their kids riding is, oh, man, it's, it's so dangerous, you know? Like, my yeah. kid's going to be 10 years old wheeling down I-95 with Mohawk <sighs> helmets on. And that's just not the case, you know what I mean? But it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, why don't you have that same apprehension about it. You know I mean, what do you think is different to you? I'd like to say her children do have Mohawk bicycle helmets at the moment. So does mine, actually. I have a guy who's got a, who's got a lime green Mohawk bicycle <laughs> yeah. helmet. Yes. Rainbow unicorns and a black spike Mohawks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It might even be the same one. I wouldn't be Walmart special, man. I got the same one. No, totally. uh, yeah, right there. <laughs> it's, it's probably the same one. And um, a place to put stickers on it. Yes, which are all over it. All yeah, over all. three of them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Start, stickers. start the sticker bombs early. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. I don't think I have that apprehension because I know the way that I ride. Um, my husband's also a safety instructor. So we're starting them out. Their bikes are most definitely underpowered. So they can't just open it up and rip. But we make sure they're wearing the gear. Um, we're teaching them to look where they need to go and trying to start them off with that solid foundation early. I will be honest, when they get to their older teens and get their licenses, I'll probably be a little bit more apprehensive, uh, but they see, we'll see how their journey continues from now till then. I think the key thing is setting, setting the right attitude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if, and if they can get that when they're younger, it makes them more aware, safer, you know, riders or drivers. I think when they get older, you know what I mean? They're not, like the motor engine is not a mystery, you know, throttle and braking is not a mystery. You understand that there's limits to all of these things, that there's limits to traction and bicycling and motorcycling are wonderful ways to learn that. You know what I mean? So I think probably if you do it right, I have a feeling that the long-term payoffs are, are worth it. You know what I mean? But, I would uh, definitely agree with that. You know, but we live in a very cautious and um, litigious sort of like society. You know what I mean? And that, and that can make it hard sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, awesome. So, you know, according to the latest numbers, you know, about 20% of all riders in the U.S. are now women. That We already mentioned that. And this has doubled up from 10 years ago 
So from your guys' perspective, and maybe you, maybe you see some of this in the, in the film festival, but what do you think is the cause of this growth? I think there's a lot of things that play into that. Um, I think that there's increased visibility of women writing on social media. Um, in YouTube videos, we see a lot of women traveling internationally, but also just doing local events, local rallies. And I think one of the biggest factors that's probably playing into that is the accessibility to find other women writers to inspire you, to ride with, to network with. Um, there's everything out there from women's only schools to women's groups that, um, you know, support women that are new to writing. So I, I just feel like because of social media, because of a lot of uh, the support systems that are out there, women are realizing that they, they can get started in it. I, they're not as apprehensive. And I think they're, they're just a lot more visible. So they're inspiring other women. It's sort of that we get to the, the so to speak, tipping point. That once there's enough women out there in, in the world riding and other women see that, it really starts kind of a domino effect of inspiring other women to ride. Yeah, absolutely. And I even think to a certain extent that the idea of, you know, like lady riders is almost becoming mainstream in a way. I'm starting to see hints of it on like TV commercials and stuff, even from things like you know insurance, yep. banking, finance. You know what I mean? Like all these kinds of things you wouldn't normally traditionally associate with motorcycle riding. Right. Uh, you know, and in that case, when they do associate it, you know, they're putting a woman on the bike versus a man. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, I think probably it's 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 been a long time coming. You know, because there's always been women riders in this country right but you know we just haven't seen this sense of sense of growth or anything like this and have you have you seen that reflect in your in, in your uh in the film festival submissions over the past couple of years i think so we've actually had a number of films submitted by female filmmakers and then we've had some really cool films um, about women writers women bike builders women racers so really you know shauna mentioned earlier that we've had every sort of genre uh, covered. And I think we've really seen women represented in a lot of those too, almost every genre, which is really inspiring. It's exciting. Have you guys seen or noticed any differences or are there, do you think it even matters uh, between the types of content that male versus female writers tend to generate? I mean, I've seen it in the print world, like as far as the writing style, not so much photography, but as far as the writing style, I mean, I have seen, you know, kind of traces of about, you know, how experiences are perceived and like evaluated, you know what I mean? Between, between men and women, right? You know, couples or whatever, you know, they, they see the exact same event and the way that they extract meaning from it sometimes is different. You know what I mean? So, I mean, have you seen any of those kinds of differences in, in just as far as the content that's been submitted? I think, I mean, I guess I can't say that it's, that it's really, um, significantly different, but I think that there have been, and this is just me thinking of, you know, going through the mental Rolodex of the films that we've had submitted for the two online events that we did last year, and then the upcoming Santa Cruz event next week. So now a total of three virtual film festivals. I would say that the vast majority of the films coming in about women or by women seem to be really real and really inspiring and in engaging they're um yeah I, I don't know how i without giving too much away i don't want to necessarily share but we've had some bios um some short documentaries on some women racers and 
again, just some really inspiring stories. I think we've had some kind of artsy stuff come in too. So it's, it's just hard to say, but it's, uh, it's an impressive array of work. Liza, you might add more to that. Yeah, I think the bottom line here is that we're seeing it trend, but we want to see it more. There's not enough, which is why mm. uh, Michelle's festival, Black Hills, we're specifically going to have a section for um, female nope. uh, film. I'm, I'm no sorry. Comers. Sorry, you're newcomers. Yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey. Um, that will either be female filmmakers or female subjects because yeah. we want to encourage that. We want to let people know we want to see more of it. And not just like I was saying earlier about somebody who's accomplished great things, but somebody's first day uh, on the track or just going for a group ride with their club, just those normal everyday things. I'd love to see those stories just documented, just simple little a day in the life of a female rider story. Mm. Well, that's interesting. So what, what in your, in, in your sense, or uh, maybe you say personal definition, you know, makes for a good story, whether it's a, uh, you know, whether it's a, a video or, or really anything else. Real life. Yeah. I, real I mean, life. Any, anything that's real that has means something to that person sharing it that they feel passionately about and believe in. So that runs the whole gamut. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, where were we? We were, we were talking about the, the challenges of promoting, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the film festival. What, what were some of the basic challenges that you had? We had just finished this whirlwind of planning a massive world relay with a phenomenal team with thousands of women, um, backing us up, helping us achieve, you know, everything that we planned and, and more and everything that they planned. Um, and then uh, we came back home um, and we're finishing that up. And then it was the three of us spread across the U.S. So how do you develop a country or a company with three people that are, you know, 1600 miles between each one of them? <laughs> so that we'd already worked really well for two years at that point. So we knew how to overcome the distances, but it was also learning the ropes of how to run a film festival. How do we get the submissions? Um, how do we attract followers? How do we make people interested to hear what we're putting together and have to see? How do we pick the films? We, we love all the films. So <laughs> why would we want to exclude anyone? Yeah. Um, and what judges would be successful in helping us identify winners? Um, and then of course, we were three months into our company, don't even have our first event under our belt and we have to do a massive pivot because uh, COVID hit and everything shut down. Um, so now we were facing, and we we were really lucky. We had um, our first event, we had contracted with a great company, but we were now massively, we were contracted to be at a local facility in Santa Cruz. Facility is not the right word. Theater. Theater. <laughs> theater. Yeah. That's much better. And that that was pretty scary as a fledgling company. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you always, have to, you always have to put a lot out and you're not really sure how it's going to be received. So were you happy with the amount of submissions that you got? We were. For your first show? Yeah. In fact, I think we were pleasantly surprised. Um, there were there were some that we actually recruited. So we did a little bit of research online and we were aware of some other films that had been airing at festivals um, around the same time and some new films that were coming out happened to have a few contacts um that we could reach out to and 
And I think we we did some of that legwork initially, just making sure we had some submissions. But in the meantime, word of mouth was getting out. We were doing social media posts and um, we were out on a couple of platforms. So people were able to find us. And we got a lot of films just organically without having to seek them out. And we've had really good luck with that. Awesome. So that sounded like it kicked off pretty well. I mean, you couldn't do, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't have much better start. Do you guys plan to take this to, uh, you know, like physical locations once some of this COVID stuff blows over? Yes. <laughs> that was our initial plan. As Jenna was saying, we had to pivot. Our initial plan was to do uh, live events. So yeah. um, Santa Cruz was canceled because of uh, COVID and, of course, travel restrictions and us wanting to make sure everybody was safe. Uh, so we canceled that event last May and then didn't have time to pivot that event into an online event. Um, but we were able to convert the Black Hills Film Festival in August and the South Jersey Film Festival in November to virtual festivals. And then this year, knowing that there were still a lot of variables in the air, we just decided to plan the whole year, all three events as virtual events. Yeah, that, well, that's a pretty smart move. Which, by the way are free yeah oh. yeah that was some, thanks that was, to our sponsors putting yeah, the costs was, of, of the events that was something that was important to us again it's a really about for me at least it's about sharing this passion i have and finding all of these great films and sharing them with everyone so we wanted to be able to get those out there to people and so yeah the first weekend uh three first three days is completely free you can watch them free wow that's cool we will, we will definitely be be trying to share that you know what I mean? So COVID did did have kind of an impact, you know, on your on on your plans. But it looks or it sounds like it's not really slowing slowing you down any, right? I mean, it sounds like twenty twenty two, right? We'll be trying to get into some, you know, in, into some more brick and mortar, yeah. you know, places like that. Where would you like to see the show go? You know, uh, five ten years down the road. Well, we probably each have our own dreams, but Liza, what's yours? Um. I mean, one of my initial concepts was to curate the festival and then take it on the road. And you could go to Austin and you can go to Chicago, you can go to Denver, you could take it on the road to all these different places. Wouldn't that be cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Rather than having all these, we're having different films at each of our festivals because it's online, but that was kind of the original concept. Curate it, build it up, and then figure out how to package it and take it on the road. And I'd like to see things eventually, and this might be 10 years down the road, who knows, but I'd like to see some representation internationally so that we're actually uh, doing some events in other countries, kind of like what Liza's talking about the road show, but maybe looking at doing something in the UK because there's such an enormous bike uh, and motorcycling mm -hmm. presence there, uh, but other countries. Oh, yeah, sure. And and another thing has been lacking, uh, I don't know about you, Carl, but... Uh, I go to uh, events. Actually, I do know you go to events because I've met you there. Mm -hmm. um, don't you think that that would be cool to have films playing, like to have a film tent or a film night at some of these events? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of events would be welcome to have it. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. lacking. I don't see it at events. So it's something that I have been bringing up to some events and saying, hey, what do you think about doing a, a mini film festival within it? And I'll curate it for you. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. but. Y'all ain't never going to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for real, that's going to be, that's going to be all this time on the road, which, which, uh, which, which can be fun. Um, but you know, sometimes the best bed in the world is yours. That's right. But, 
But I guess you just have to manage it, and that's what a team is for, right? So yeah. maybe you go to this one, you go to this other one, maybe divvy it up, you know, kind of, uh, kind of regionally. But Shauna, we were talking about you're going to be moving soon. How would you, how would you cover, you know, like the Mid Atlantic? Uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, right on. <laughs> um, um, so we've already solidified South Jersey last year, and we do have another one slated up this year. So we'll continue to hold that festival. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Kevin Zook, who's a regular chat room friend here, he says, uh, Eliza, that would bring more ladies out to events. Yes, and I think that that is probably probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know I mean, that'd be awesome. Well, it's a bright future for it. So overall, you know, um, you guys have a great project going on. Man, it se- sounds like it's full steam ahead despite some of the setbacks. So if someone wants to participate in the event, how do they, or in, in the festival, how do they do it? They just have to visit our website, uh, revsisters.com, mm-hmm. and you can find all the information there. Yeah, and just to be clear, it is free, but you still have to register. Yes, Because yeah. these films are not just, we don't put other people's films out there. You have to register, um, but we've curated a really great selection. Again, uh, my festival, Santa Cruz, it's a little bit of everything. I just love everything. There's some racing, there's bike building, there's adventure. It's all those things. And uh, anywhere from like a couple minutes long to two hours long. Right on, and, right on. And I might have a film in this festival myself. Very, very cool. You know, I think I think Michelle and I talked and I showed her, I think the trailer and, and the festival cut of my film. I would I would probably also like to submit mine as well. But are there maybe one or two points that someone might want to keep in mind if they submit a film? We would love to have yours, by the way. I think I've told you that before, but we'll be recruiting okay. you. If we don't hear from you, we'll mm-hmm. track you down. <laughs> I'm all for it. We can follow <laughs> kind of up on that conversation later. But, you know, Sounds if someone good. says, you know what, like, I, I like to mess around with my stabilizer and the GoPros, and I feel like I've got something to say, you know, but I'm not going to submit it because, you know, they're not going to take it because, you know, I, I don't know if it's any good or not. What What do you say to them? Well, first and foremost, I think the perfect place for them might be the newcomer event, um, those categories that are coming up at the Black Hills Motorcycle Film Festival in August. I'm actually already taking submissions. Again, you can go to RevSisters.com and find out how to submit for that next festival. Um, And keep in mind that all the submissions that we get don't air. We make official selections. So um, if it isn't a piece that we feel is quite ready for public or isn't going to fit maybe with what we're wanting to share, it might not, but that's okay. So don't be afraid to ask for feedback. And, and we appreciate everybody just being excited and getting out there and, and sharing their moto experiences with us. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're asking like if somebody wants to uh, put a film in for the festival, tell a story. You know, don't just show like uh, gnarly crash videos, but if you just tell a story about how did that make you feel and did you have hesitance getting back on riding after an accident or something like that, tell a story. That's it. Yeah. Ashana, what do you think? It's all about the music. It's all about the music. She's like, I don't care about the story. I just want to kick you in the beats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, no, I think I should go for it. You don't, you don't know what you're going to accomplish unless you just do it. I would say we're, we're open to taking a look at everything. And like Michelle said, we're really willing to provide feedback. Um, We're here for the moto community. And that comes with everything that comes with it. So 
bring it yes. on. Um, if you really think it's too novice, that's why we're running the uh, new categories in the summer to try to encourage some people to maybe step out of their comfort zone and, and try something a little different. Yeah. And, and Shana would also say, make it short because she's got three kids. She falls asleep if they're too long. Um, no, we have, there's three categories. There's ultra short, which is up to 10 minutes long, and then shorts that are 10 to 30 minutes and then feature, which is 30 minutes plus. So it doesn't have to be a long story. It can be something simple, reflective. It really doesn't have to be uh, too complex. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right. Uh, it's been super cool, but want to see if you guys have any parting words of inspiration for future writers out there. Johnny, want to, you want to start? Again, same as with the film festivals, you, you have to get out there and do it every chance you get. Um, as a mom, I don't get out nearly as much as I'd like between Rev Sisters and working an actual full-time job. <laughs> definitely don't get out um, as much as I'd like, but just go any chance you get. Everything you do will make you improve and, and you can definitely do it. Right on. Michelle? Oh, I, I would say um, definitely be a member of your moto community. Find other writers and share experiences with. I think some of the best um, experiences of my life have come from the connections I make through motorcycling and the experiences that I have through motorcycling, whether that's traveling on my own or meeting up with other people along the way. Motorcycling in general enriches my life. And I'd love to think that it does for other people. And if they have a story that they want to share, as Liza says so eloquently, um, make a good story. And we, we'd love to see that in film if that's a possibility. And Liza, you want to bring us back to home base? Take a class. <laughs> ding, ding. That's what I say. Be the best writer you can. Give yourself all the tools you can. And there's so many classes out there, anywhere from doing something, you know, like a rawhide adventure. And it, there's classes all over. There's moto camps all over. Or some like our local uh, dirt biking park uh, for like 40 bucks offers a basic class. They give you all the tools. And I think uh, everyone should take any class they can get. Awesome. Here, here. Yeah. Cannot agree with you more. Well, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, for your time tonight. Please hang around for a few minutes, but it's been great talking with you. And uh, like I said, we will catch up in a, in, a, in a minute after everything wraps up. Thanks, ladies. Thank you Thank so you. much, Carl. Thanks. Well, all right. Thanks again to Michelle, Shana, Liza, for taking the time to uh, be with us here tonight. You know, their story goes to show that the unifying power of writing kind of brings all people together whether to create, share, or inspire. You know, the differences between us should not divide us, but they should make us stronger together to achieve a shared or common dream. And as Amelia Earhart once said, no borders, just horizons, only freedom. So please be sure to check out RevSisters.com. We've got the URL right here. Uh, and the upcoming Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival which I believe is next week on May 14th. So it's coming along. Um, if you guys uh, get this message, hop on there right after the show, uh, go check it out and register. But on to our really exciting news for the next show. All right, we're super pumped going into our June show for ADV Moto Live number 26. That's a lot of ADVs. Join us next month. We are going to be diving into the world of Harley Davidson's hot new entry to the adventure market, the Pan America. 
Um, this has been teased for quite some time. Uh, a lot of us have all kinds of opinions about it. But come hang out with Kelly Quinn, also known as Throttle Girl, Paul James, he's the senior PR, and Matt Paradise, the lead engineer for Harley-Davidson America for a really exciting night. We'll be talking about how the Pan America came to be, current riding impressions, and where they hope the bike will take us down the trail. So as always, your support means a lot and keeps the motorcycle world running. Visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more stories, news reviews, podcasts, and more. And don't forget to mash and like that subscribe button and let us know what you'd like to see on the show in the comments below. And until next time, from everyone here at ADV Moto, ride safe, have fun, and the adventure is you, you, you.